0: Once again, welcome to the quarantine edition of Struggle City. The city is staying at home as y'all should be. If you're listening to this into the future, it's probably aged poorly. Or sure it has Missy, Dave, and Dave. And Dave. And Dave. You know
1: what? I think that you should do the intro every time because you you have this presence about you where you're like, Okay, let's do it. And like you're just very into it. And like you, you always say something about the city as well like i just think it's it's fun and i think you should do the intro every time now
0: yeah fine whatever (laughs) it's about time you've accepted that i'm good at stuff
1: no you're good at friendship i guess
2: (laughs) (laughs) i feel personally attacked with that sentence
1: (laughs) you're also good at the
2: friendship dave
1: yeah, Dave, you're good at friendship.
2: So, speaking about things aging well, let's let's uh, jump on to our uh, our topic for today. Cheese. was a good
1: segue.
2: Yeah, thank that you. I try. Yeah. I try. <laughs> I mean, you might say I'm getting good at things too. Eh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn. All
2: right, I get it. Um,
1: okay, so what what are we talking today? Talking uh, about today, Dave?
2: We're talking about the fascinating world of our favorite historical figures, or in my case, time periods, because I can't think of any. Well, no. Fuck. I'll edit that out. Uh, um, <laughs> pretend that didn't happen. Um, okay. Because I have a person. We're talking about historical figures. Peoples
0: throughout history. Fuck.
1: Yeah. We had also <laughs> kind of thought about doing like a quote crash course on this too. Just like about people who like we really like or people who haven't gotten as much recognition or you know, what have you. So it's not going to be like, you know, here's an hour and a half mini lecture on uh, or, Abraham Lincoln. Or in no, this
0: we'll, case, 40 minutes. We'll we'll yeah. give you herbs. We'll give or you less. fun little tidbits to tease. Right. <laughs> we're, we're only here to flick your historical nipples, not milk you to completion.
1: Well, I guess I can't show this one to my nephew. <laughs> 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 Oh God! Right out the window. You're <laughs> yeah. welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's get those suckers on there then. Let's make
0: history sexy, Dave. <laughs> oh,
1: I'm make
0: going. Make history Dave. sexy. Yep,
1: you oh, go first.
2: Well, it's probably the least sexy because I was horribly unprepared because I don't have a, like an absolute favorite historical person. I have a favorite historical time period. Okay. I did get some inspiration from the last time we talked. And I decided to take a look at uh, William Shakespeare.
1: (gasps) I like him.
2: He's (laughs) he's usually not discussed in depth in in schools and stuff like that. And uh, when he is, it's just a very blanket statement and usually wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I taught my students about Shakespeare, like his life and shit. I don't think I got anything wrong.
0: Dave, do you subscribe to the fact that Shakespeare was not who he said he was and he was yes. just a mouthpiece? 100%.
2: Oh. 100%. I think there, it was a conglomerate of, uh, of playwrights behind him and he just slapped his name on everything.
1: I don't think so.
0: Franchising, baby. Because a lot
2: that's of his sweet. writing
0: don't match up. They don't match up. <laughs> mm, good point. <laughs>
1: mm.
2: At least that's what experts say.
1: Well, I'm choosing not to believe that because I really like Shakespeare. It's not even, no, I don't like him as a person. But, like, from what we know about him as a person, but I like his work.
0: Would you like him if he was gay? Which he probably was.
1: I would really like him if he was bi. He
0: probably
1: was. (laughs) Yeah, that's why why I said it. Like, he probably was. Because he left his wife for, like, seven years. And she, like, never heard from him. Maybe he was doing. He was getting the milk. Experimenting, yeah. He was getting <laughs> a
0: Midsummer's Night dicking. No.
1: <laughs> I don't like that play. That one's weird to me.
0: Midsummer's Night dicking? That's yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> what website are you on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want to know?
0: It's, uh, it's spunk, spunk Notes.
2: Spunk Notes. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, we should make that. No, no one else. No, copyright
1: no, it. no. 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 <laughs> no. Nobody's gonna not be able to read that. it because
0: the pages are all stuck together.
1: Ew, guys! Jesus, oh. God, no! It's all right, back on topic.
0: It'll Wait be forty digital. minutes.
1: Not even. Um, Dave,
0: why do you like Shakespeare stuff? Honestly, you said it
2: because of how ambiguous he is. He's this weird mouthpiece that may or may not have actually done what you said he did.
1: That's but why also, you like him so much because he's ambiguous. That's a shit reason.
2: It's mystery. I yeah, I, cool. I enjoy that. Mm. And I also like the fact that he's credited by a lot of teachers in grade school anyway for the longest time to uh, inventing the sonnet and mm-hmm. he really didn't, which is just another thing that we've proven he hasn't done. He invented the well, well, sonnet. Right.
1: There's the Shakespearean sonnet and then there's the... Plutarch. Thank you. Yeah, what he's on. Like.
2: Uh, Plutarch. <laughs> yeah. But like he's always looked at as like the the golden child of sonnets,
1: because he is a golden child. Because he gave they they okay. Because he gave so much work in general. Like he put out so much work into the world for us to be able to say like, okay, you are obviously a big fucking deal, and we're gonna credit you. (laughs) But
0: not not credit him with the creation of everything.
1: It's like saying Ron
0: Jeremy's so good at fucking he started the human race. I mean, he. I did. really
1: hope not. I really hope not. He's nasty.
2: He is the Adam and Eve.
1: <laughs> Together. <laughs>
2: yes, he just procreates. Oh, oh, oh! Now I'm
1: just seeing his face. Guys, stop! <laughs> like, this is
2: gross. Imagine you him know. reading Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> 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 Coming to you was, soon on Spunk oh, Notes. The old. He
1: was in. Down. Um. He was in a. Um, music video for a day to remember. <laughs> Yeah, he was. He was, uh... <laughs>
0: he was. Um, there's a horror movie called One-Eyed Monster with him where aliens take over his dick and then it starts killing people.
1: Are you sure that's not just that, that that's an actual movie? It's not an actual like, movie.
0: It's on, it's on Amazon Prime.
1: Oh, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Okay. Anyway, Miss, your turn. Okay. Um, so Favorite I really thing? I really struggled with this topic, hey. because yeah, I, I I wasn't sure who to pick because I didn't want I didn't want to pick somebody who like everybody knew about where it's like you were taught about this person in a history class, um. So I didn't want to pick like George Washington or, you know, Hitler sure. or somebody. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, I almost
2: picked uh, Thomas Jefferson. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I didn't want to do that. I like I, so I ended up. I like I said, I really, really struggled. Oh. Um, so I don't have much here.
0: What? Washington would have been fine because he's interesting in his own right. Is he? Yeah, he, he was the United States' first spy.
1: Mm-hmm. Woo. <laughs> the <That's a> big <laughs> thing. anyway. So mess. I ended up. Who yeah. is
2: your person?
1: I ended up picking Colleen Hoover. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> okay, so <laughs>
0: I, I, we should have put an asterisk to this—that they had some sort of historical significance. Is she still well, that's alive?
1: Yeah, she's, she's still, still alive. alive.
0: Then would
2: she be considered a historical figure? No, no,
1: she's not a historical figure. But I didn't know. Like, we didn't talk in depth about this enough for me to be able to be like, okay, I know who I'm gonna pick.
0: Then why didn't you just ask, you dick? i I don't
1: know i
2: didn't even know what we were talking about today until yesterday
1: (laughs) i know (laughs) well because like we're not like a history channel so like i didn't want to like i said like you learn about william shakespeare in class like i didn't want to pick somebody who you learn about in class
2: all right why did you why did you pick uh the hoover
1: the hoover like the the vacuum
2: (laughs) no no the writer
1: um, <laughs> it was really just because I I like her so much because that, that was another thing that Casey said it, it was like like pick somebody in history who you seem to know a lot about who like you really like um, and who you don't think gets enough recognition for whatever it was that they did and so I was really trying to think about it and I couldn't think of anybody and I was like well okay well let's think about like authors because Um, there are some authors who write like a dozen books but they're really only remembered for one or two of them and that to me isn't fair in terms of recognition because you know like they're more than just the one book that they wrote Um, so I picked Colleen Hoover because she has like two dozen books and they're just they're fun books and that's that's really all I got I told you man I like I I've got nothing on this fucking topic so I apologize what
2: (laughs) I mean she's still alive so she can answer that right
1: (laughs) yeah no she she's still alive um I will say that she has done a, a few collabs with other authors and that she's you know done books with them and they're not good um, so she's a, she's much better as a solo artist. Yes, too.
2: So, let's just think in the scheme of historical. What do you think makes her important enough to be considered historical in this context? Like, if we're if we're comparing, and you can't really uh, Shakespeare to Colleen Hoover.
0: Uh, what do you think
2: would put her? in a league in romance
0: anyway i gotta say dave your dog is making some good points <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: <I know. laughs> which dog is that
0: uh that sounded like Disket.
1: oh um to answer your question um i think that she has completely changed the idea of romance maybe not completely changed but she's highlighted aspects of it that aren't as toxic and that's important to me because like a lot of kids and young adults will watch like these romantic comedies anymore and they'll expect like these huge grand gestures of things and they expect like their partner to read their mind and know exactly what they want all the time and that's just a toxic relationship like it's not possible to do that like you need to communicate um and you especially like in a long-term relationship it gets a little bit harder to maintain the romance. Um, you know, i Joe and I have been together for eight and a half years and we're still very romantic, but like, it's, it's different when you're at that level. Um, and so with her books, with like her two dozen books, like in every story, it, there's just a different aspect to their relationship. Because um, that's like all she writes is romance. So, like, she's found a way to make it different every time and yet still kind of like in the overall circle of it being romantic and have it not be like cringy and gross. Case um, like, cases, like, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little cringy.
2: I've never but read her, not, so I can't
1: comment. Well, you should. I mean, are you interested in possibly reading her? Because I could, I could get you a book.
2: This sounds like a really bad drug deal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, you you let me know on that because I could do that for you. I have like all of her books. Yeah, um, yeah, the hookups. I got, yeah, I got okay. you, fam. <laughs> right. Like I did
0: hate reading the books, mm-hmm. but I didn't get anything out of them really. Like, I... they, were, they were just fun to read and then I kind of just forgot about them when I was done.
1: I think that's fair honestly like there's no like huge theme that comes out of her books and especially as like an English person that's not something I thoroughly enjoy but at the same time like as you get older it's it's so much harder to find a book at least in my opinion that is just fun to read you know what I mean and it's it's a book that like you don't want to stop reading Um, and it doesn't feel well it doesn't feel like work yeah to, to people who don't typically read a lot um so she's easy to read and she kind of brings the fun back into reading at least for me and i, and I think for other people she would too so that's that's my answer
2: i mean we could we could we could talk about this forever you you, you got me i want to hear more about her being considered a historical writer in in the long scheme of things (laughs) later on, because I'm interested by that. Okay.
1: Let's (laughs) move on. Casey, who did you pick?
2: I also went with a writer. Oh, shit. Look, the three English majors went with with writers. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking crazy. I know. It's kind
1: of cool, because we didn't tell each other which one we picked.
2: Uh, I didn't even know who I was picking until 15 minutes ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wasn't going to pick Shakespeare because, you know. Did you pick Stephen King? No. Okay. Stephen King is not of historical significance.
1: Okay, who is?
0: I Uh, I went with probably who is my all-time favorite writer, uh, Yukio Mishima.
1: Okay. Tell me why he's so historical.
0: Because he's a fucking weird cat with a fascinating (laughs) personal life that translated itself into his writing, whether it was intentional or not. His weird obsession with the mixing and cohabitation of physical and intellectual beauty, combined with his fascination with death and the erotic, just made his books—I I just, for lack of a better term, just memorable. Because there's there's always that aspect in his books that just manages to shock me.
1: And that's hard to do mm-hmm. um, for you and for people in general. If you just read a lot, like it's hard to shock somebody. Yeah, um, but like he's especially a, like. Like, oh, go mm, ahead, go ahead.
0: Uh, but he actually does have historical significance because uh, towards the end of his life, he became incredibly radicalized. He was Japanese, so towards the end of World War II, when the emperor disavowed his divine status, no longer considered himself a descendant of their sun god, that kind of pushed him over the brink and. He had this little splinter group of militia types, and they oh, attempted shit. to uh, execute a coup of the Japanese government.
1: Oh, shit. Oh.
0: Which resounded in Mishima being ridiculed and heckled because A, nobody could hear him during his speech, and B, the people that could hear him thought he was a, uh, a nut job. Hmm. So then he went into the office where he was holding a military commander hostage. And him and his second in command uh, committed seppuku, wherein uh, Mishima disemboweled himself, and his second cut his head off.
1: Isn't that supposed to be like super honorable, like a yeah. really honorable way to die? Okay. Yes, because yeah.
0: Mishima was obsessed with samurai and trying to prove himself of being of samurai blood. Interesting. Yeah. It is really interesting. That is it, bonkers.
1: Mm -hmm. I read a book by that author Casey let me uh read one of his books and
0: yeah patriotism
1: was that what it was
0: uh no patriotism and
1: (sighs) what's the other one it was like a love story yeah that one I remember
0: that's because that's the most innocent of his stories
1: it yeah it was very innocent um I haven't read much of this author but uh I do remember having a very different experience reading that book than any other book. Yeah. And Um, is a way to put it, I guess.
0: The way he works with vocabulary and metaphor Mm
1: -hmm. is
0: really interesting. In addition to his combination of Western and Japanese writing styles.
1: It was also very simple. Yeah. Like I remember it being very simple and like easy to read, but also like, it's, I've read it, what, like a year ago and it's still Mm -hmm. memorable, so.
0: Well, like I said, that's one of his, that's his most innocent book, but if you go to, like, another one of his books is The Sailor Who Fell from Grace from the Sing Mm -hmm. about a child who is disenfranchised by his mother and by society, so he teams up with, like, this lure-of-the-flies type group of kids,
1: Mm.
0: and they plot and scheme to kill the kid's mom's uh new boyfriend
1: okay yeah
0: that's that's a good story that sounds fun (laughs) and then there's another one where it deals with um homosexuality and love triangles that's fun that one shocked that the ending to that one shocked the shit out of me
1: maybe i should read that one then
0: yeah but when you get into ones like that the simplicity is still there Mm mm-hmm but there's more intensity just because of the subject matter.
1: That's a really good formula for mm. a book, in my opinion.
0: And I feel like that's where the simplicity kind of almost fails because of mm-hmm. what it's trying to convey.
1: That, that, was a really, uh, that was a really good example. You, yeah. you did your research on that. I actually have another one that I just thought of. Okay. So the book I'm reading now called The Erotic Mind, and it ah. is by Jack <laughs> Morin, <laughs> and um, he is historical because he is dead. <laughs> so he has this whole thing where you can fill out this survey, and it, and it's all about your erotic mind and, and your sexual experiences and things like that. It's super interesting, and this survey, he, like, encourages you to write it all out like in as much detail as you can and then send it to him for his research. So I did that. (laughs) (laughs) I filled out four pages worth of details for this man. Okay. And this was like the most detailed I have ever gotten in my life. Like even more so with Joe. Like like I wrote things that like I never told Joe. Okay. And then I found out that he was dead. So there was no point in me sending my answers to him. Mm -hmm. very upset about it but um I think he is of historical importance because of the um psychology behind his research it's so fascinating like he talks about how everything has started in childhood essentially um whether you know about it or you don't know about it he talks about like the four cornerstones of eroticism and how it's like longing um how it's like anxiety written um he talks about your core erotic theme in your life so like you can go back through your entire life and uh, like kind of trace themes and patterns in terms of your eroticism um and it's such a push and pull relationship that like you it's like all of these things that you fear it's all of these things that you're insecure about that eventually lead you to this common theme in your eroticism. And it's just, it's super fascinating. Um, So I I would say that he did a lot of work in terms of figuring out the erotic mind. And that's very interesting to me. And the whole thing also is that it's all about healing. It's all about becoming a whole person. Um, And he talks about shame in it a lot as well, because a lot of people are, are just forced into being, shamed and being ashamed of you know what you're into and what you like and um, you know people once they feel that they either give up or they try to find that completion they try to become whole and by understanding yourself and your core erotic theme and, you know, all of these different patterns by understanding that and like going back into, okay, why, you know, like deconstructing that whole aspect of it. Like, okay, you're into X, Y, and Z, figure out why. Um, That can help heal you and help make you whole. And to be able to find like an answer to that to me is just, it's exhilarating. I love it.
0: Yeah, that sounds fucking awful. I don't want to go on that journey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really think you should. I really do. I really Wait, think I, you I should read it. I found the free it. copy
0: of the book. There's a PDF that I, that was like the first searching Google. Mm-hmm. But nope, that's that's a journey I don't want to fucking take.
1: But what if it could lead you to feeling better about everything? It that's really fine. could. It's re- it's helped me so far, and I'm not even halfway through.
0: I I will continue to live my life in shame.
1: I really don't think that's healthy.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, I I did tell Casey about the survey beforehand, and I wanted him to take it. I want like everybody to take it because it's so cool. It's so like they just ask you so much about it, and then they also t- he also talks about the emotional aphrodisiacs which is, is what he calls them. And, it, and it's like these key emotions that are in every type of erotic encounter. And, you know, like there's like satisfaction and happiness and all of that, but there's also anger, there's anxiety, there's fear. And it's like all of these things come together to make something like pleasurable out of it. Isn't that beautiful?
0: Makes sense. I, I love it. So I love it. We're, You say he is historical, but where would he stand in comparison to, like, Freud, to Dr. Ruth, to some of the bigger names in this field of, like, sex psychology?
1: He talks about Freud a little bit, um, especially when, like, he was talking about, like, how everything kind of develops from childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think he... I think he mentioned something about how Freud is like he makes it too much not like incest but like it's too much in the like incesty type of Mm. realm of things
0: Freud was all about what about the Oedipal complex
1: right and so he he takes Freud's ideas um a little bit anyway and kind of like morphs them into it's not about this Oedipal complex it's more about like how you're brought up and how you were eventually shamed by society, by your parents, by your family, whomever. Um, And that eventually builds onto what your theme is. So you get that theme from your childhood. So that's where Freud comes in. But then he's talking about taking it and building it into something that one, you can understand, and two, you can make into something that you're no longer ashamed of. Um, So in a way, I think he's, a step ahead of Freud in that way, I guess.
2: It's almost as if he used Freud as, like, a a building block because he yeah. mm-hmm. was kind of, like, the base. I was like, hey, yeah. these things are correlated. And then, mm-hmm. um, what, what's his name again?
1: Jack Morin.
2: Jack Moran kind of took the torch and just continued to run with it. But he right. took it in a, a slightly different direction.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a a good way to look at it and um just the whole the whole idea of why too because like with Freud it's like okay, these are facts and this is what I've seen and this is what I know. Um but he never really dive like he didn't dive into the why behind things and I think Morin does. And like I said that just leads to wholeness. I like like he to me wants to help people accept who they are. And Freud was just kind of like, "All right, this is the observation." You know,
0: well, yeah, because Freud was at the forefront a lot of, of a lot of these things. He was seeing a lot of these ideas and sexuality budding for the first time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I think it would be interesting to read. Uh you, you you
2: could get back to me on this, but Colleen Hoover through Jack, <laughs> that would be interesting because they're both romance based in some way,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it would just be interesting to apply. That level, I guess he's not critic, it's uh, a criticism in a way. You can apply that to Hoover and then see what comes of it. See if you can get something more out of Colleen Hoover than you did before.
1: That's a good idea. Um, I do have to finish this one first. And it, it's hard because, like, there's so much into it, and I'm not even halfway through. Like, I, I feel like I'm in school learning, and it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, you doing talks- something with your time off. I am, yeah. I oh. am doing something with my time off. <laughs> so we all just realized that we have like 10 minutes left. So. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but yeah, um, Dave, I would be really, really interested to know what your survey looks like. I, I obviously want to know what Casey's looks like too. I wanted to know what Joe's looks like, but he won't do it. Um, but it, it's, <laughs> it's fascinating to me. So if you're interested, I will send it over to you and you can do it.
2: I don't know about the survey, but I'm interested in the book. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, because, okay, so I, I also, I told Casey that I wanted to read his survey. And he was like, yeah, okay, sure, no problem. Like, I'll let you read it. And I was like, oh, my God, like, that's so cool. Like, let me read it. I will never, ever let either one of you read my survey. Just let <laughs> me know. So, <laughs> but, like, it's not just about, like, the experiences. It's about how you rate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like the emotional aphrodisiacs so like he talks about um you know like what level of anger were you and then how important is anxiety in this particular idea and he also talks about like how different male and female brains are which like we knew anyway but like just to see it from like this point of view is very interesting
2: 100 mm-hmm. percent. you should definitely send me the full name of all of these people. It's this way, I can put them in the description down below, and then if you want to check out these books, you totally can. Yeah, it sounds good. And you don't have to send us your surveys.
1: No, but you can. <laughs> you totally can.
2: I, I, I mean, no, you can't. I don't uh,
1: want
2: to. I don't know about. I don't want to know about that stuff about you.
1: Because uh, <laughs> that's who you are as a person. You know, like that's like that's in the center of your soul. You know what I mean? Like, that's where you and your essence are. I'm <laughs> disgusting, though.
2: All no, four of you not. listening, you, you can choose whether or not you want to send it. I like, our, you know, it's our no email.
1: We're not going to judge.
2: You can I'll keep judge. it anon. It's whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I'll totally it's
2: judge. Fascinating.
1: You have no room to judge.
0: <laughs> I'll judge. <laughs>
1: You have yeah. no room to judge either.
0: I know. None of us do. The most vanilla among us may judge.
2: <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, that's you, <him>,
1: Dave. <laughs> I have every right to judge
2: then. It has been bestowed upon me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no, uh, it's fascinating. I haven't gotten to the section on um, like fetishes and things like that yet, but that I'm very fascinated by. Because, like, what, like, like I, could, I, talk, I could talk all day about this. Like, I really like this topic. Because it's just so cool. And, like, nobody ever wants to talk about it because it's so taboo, you know? Well, but it's well, not.
0: Maybe so we, we could do... If you want to tie in authors to this idea, Mishima was, throughout a lot of his life, a closeted homosexual. hmm And it, well, it shows up in a lot of his books. And his family will disdain. Uh, Because I think in 98, somebody that was claiming to have been his lover in the 60s tried to publish a book, but Mishima's children sued him for, I think, defamation or something like that, and they won, so the book never got published. Oh. So, but again, if you just, if you read a lot of his books, there's a lot of not only heterosexual, but homosexual intimacies, but there's more emphasis on the homosexuality because Japan is so conservative and because... In a post-World War II, Japan, starting a family and that sort of thing was the only acceptable means of living.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had to follow the norm.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of shame and, you know, Mm mask-making to be had.
1: But, like, living your life in that way is just so crushing, Mm-hmm. Like it, it really hurts who you are, even if like you don't realize it at first. Like hiding that aspect, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's just
0: oh yeah, that, that's clear as as day in his books. Yeah, like you you can tell how much it kills him, how much it kills the characters that he's living through.
1: That's painful. But like mm-hmm. when you can feel an author's pain through their book, like their specific pain instead of like the character's pain, that's right. that's really difficult to do. I think. Um, And especially for a lot of people to be able to separate the characters from the author, you know, Mm -hmm. mood and tone and things like that. I think people really struggle with that. So if he is really good at that, then, yeah, I think that uh, you picked a pretty good author.
0: He was a fucking master.
2: We'll have to do a a We Speak English or something like that on both of these authors at some point and go in depth in their writing and specifics.
1: I'm down for that.
0: Give it a shot. Give it the old Struggle City try. Which it's kind of a sad try. Won.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think that that's kind of like a quick little bit on a couple of historical people who we feel like did not get enough recognition.
0: No. We've done good.
1: We did. I I think having the timer helps, honestly. A little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Alright. So, like, subscribe, follow. We're on everything. Follow us on everything. Comment on everything. Do it. Yeah. Come harass (laughs) us on Twitter. Come harass harass us on Facebook.
1: YouTube. I like YouTube.
2: Whatever. (laughs) Are we yeah, on Twitch? Sort of. We kind of. We're yeah. called Stuggle City. S-T-U-G-G-L-E City. C-I-T-Y. Mm, okay. So struggle was taken.
1: Of course so it was.
2: I, I decided just to go, fuck it, we'll drop the R. We'll be Stuggle City.
1: <laughs> I mean, it shows how much we really do struggle, so it's okay.
0: I'm also All on right. Twitch. So come harass me on Twitch. Nobody. Subscribe to Durger Time.
2: Yeah. Shout out to Durger time. Hopefully, he's at a thousand by the time this comes out. <laughs> Just about. Yeah, he's something like thirty-four away or something like that. Yeah. Pretty four. cool. Mm-hmm. So, if he's not at one k yet, go subscribe. All four of <laughs> you.
1: Even if he is at one k, subscribe anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, subscribe. He's cool. They're cool. We're cool. Are we? Hey. <laughs> Ha <laughs>